From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast for joining into Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. I want to encourage you guys to, if you want to hear God's voice, if you want to learn how to prophesy, then download my free PDF. It's a five-day prophetic activation download. It's so that you can hear God, you can prophesy, you can encourage, comfort, and edify people at the entry level. And at the same time, I want you guys to know I've been coaching people through entry-level prophecy every Sunday. If you purchase my e-course, Entry-Level Prophecy, available on charismacourses.com, I've got a passion and a heart to equip you to do what Jesus did. And that's what we're going to be jumping in today with my friend, Pastor Joel Budd. He's the pastor of Rivergate Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I became familiar and acquainted with him, his ministry when I was in Eugene Bible College some years ago, and uh, him and his wife came in and, and moved in power, moved in signs and wonders, and I was jumping into revival in that time in my life through the Albany Vineyard Revival around 99, 2000, 2003, around that time frame. I read a book by the Buds, Fill Me or Kill Me. I think that that was the name of it. It was a powerful book, uh, but I've got Joel Bud on here because I've been following his ministry off and on over the years, and he recently posted something about a disruption and it caught my attention. His ministry operates in signs and wonders, all for the glory of Jesus. So Pastor Joel, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit. Oh, thank you. Thanks for letting me be a part, and it's uh, good to reconnect with you. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yes, sir. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. But Joel, uh, before we jump into the discussion about the disruption, which caught my attention on social media, I'd love for you to share your background and uh, what, how God has transformed your life for those who are viewing or listening into this. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. We were, uh, a, we were leading a church that was seeker-friendly before, just before that became a popular phrase, I guess it was. We didn't know what the seeker-friendly model was, but uh, we picked it up out of the air or something. And uh, so we were leading a church. Uh, we basically started with 40 people in a movie theater. We, uh, we would do about 20 minutes of worship, 20-minute uh, drama, and 20-minute sermon. And you're okay. I'm okay. Everything's okay. God bless you. Goodbye. <laughs> and uh, it was sweet, but um, it grew rapidly. We got up to about 1,000 people or so. 
And all of a sudden, I just was hit with spiritual hunger and thirst. I did not know at the time that that was a move of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said, blessed are you uh, who are hungry and thirsty. You're going to be satisfied. Well, I, it takes God to love God. And it takes God to be hungry and thirsty. And all of a sudden, I should have been happy. The denomination was happy. Everything was going great. But all of a sudden, I was just terribly hungry and thirsty. And I didn't know for sure what it was right away. But that's where the phrase, fill me or kill me, came out of the name of that first book. It got, I got so desperately hungry and thirsty for the Holy Spirit. I recognized I didn't know who he was, how he worked, how he operated. And uh, I just began to fast and pray. And that made me hungrier and thirstier for God. And uh, then I would fast and pray three days a week, and that would make me hungrier and thirstier. And all the time, the ministry was going great, but I wasn't happy or satisfied. And the same thing hit my wife about the same time. And so that's where that cry uh, out of my spirit uh, began to come, fill me or kill me. Just don't leave me the way that I am. Because uh, I knew I should be satisfied, but nobody was getting healed. Nobody was getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody was getting uh, saved. We weren't feeding the hungry, nothing. Nothing was, it was just all about us. And uh, that was real dissatisfying when that light suddenly came on. And that is when I began to have uh, what I would call presence encounters uh, in my office and in my car. After about six months of this deep hunger, longing, aching, fill me or kill me cry, I started having these presence encounters where all of a sudden I would just feel the presence of God so strongly that my body would begin to shake or my hand would begin to shake or my head would begin to shake and it just tremors in the Holy Ghost. And but I didn't know what they were. And so you want me to take a break here or? <laughs> no, man, keep going. Keep sharing okay. with the Holy Spirit. This is life transformational. And for some people, they could identify with it. For others, they're unable to. But this is your story. So yeah, keep okay. going. All right. So I was having these presence encounters and they were getting stronger and stronger. I was in a seeker-friendly church, and I didn't know who to talk to, and so I was kind of hanging out there alone with the Lord, and one morning I had a, 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 this real intense uh, presence encounter, and I literally ended up on the floor uh, in a vision, uh, seeing the lost, seeing people shoot up with, with needles, uh, seeing people in the act of a, a bondage, sexual bondage, homosexuality, things that they wanted out of, but had no power to get out of. And in this vision, I'm experiencing all of this, seeing the, the, the trauma, the, the cry, and uh, just weeping in what I now know was prophetic intercession. And uh, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know there was such a thing. And so this went on for about an hour. I was just getting up off the floor, and my phone rings, and my secretary says, hey, uh, you want to talk to Chris? Uh, he's calling from Reno. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to him. And he gets on the phone. He says, Joel, what's happening? I mean, like right now. And uh, I lied and <laughs> I said nothing, you know, trying to keep it light. Plus, I didn't have a language for this. You know, Jared, I, I just didn't have a language for this at all. And uh, so I lied to him and said nothing. He goes, no, I mean, right now this morning, what's happening to you? And I lied again. I said, oh, nothing. And uh, he said, no, something's happening with you. He said, I've been waking up since four o'clock in the morning. And uh, the Holy Spirit's been saying, call Joel and tell him that he's rubbing up against it. And I just began to weep. And there was an anointing on it. I'm rubbing up against something very, very big and very, very real. This isn't just about me. And then he said, do you know what's happening in Toronto? And I said, no. And he said, well, he said, John Wimber called me and about four or five of us got on a plane and we went out, we went up to check what was happening in Toronto, one of our vineyard churches. And uh, John wanted to know if it was real or what, what the deal was. 
And he said, uh, we went up there and he said, man, John Wimber's definition of it was open heaven. The heavens were open and power and presence were just being poured out. And he, and then my friend Chris prophesied to me, he said, there's a great move of God sweeping across North America and it's going to go across the world of the father's love. And he said, and you are rubbing up against it. He said, it's really big and you're rubbing up against it. And uh, I just said, I don't want to rub up against it anymore. I said, I want to get all the way in. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means, but I'm in because uh, something, something is happening to me and it's deeper and bigger than me. And so uh, we made plans right away and we went to Toronto and became friends with John and Carol Arnott and met other prophets up there that were part of that. Uh, it was the very beginning days of the Toronto Blessing, meeting at a little place at the end of the runway. And we just got wasted in the Lord. But it was so confirming because I would see people having presence encounters. And that's, that's not what they called them. They called it encounters in the Father's love. But I didn't know what to call that. And so I just began having these encounters. But I was so affirmed that, yes, something is happening. I'm not losing my mind. I haven't gone off the edge. And then we started visiting other revivals and moves around the world and uh, began to travel with John and Carol Arnott and just kind of kept growing. But the biggest thing was that I didn't realize what a deficit I had in my heart. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd taken theological training, you know, I was licensed and ordained for many years, had a growing and thriving church. And there was this deficit of the father's affection in my heart. One more thing I would say that the first thing that happened to me in Toronto when I got prayed for is that I fell into the presence of God and I heard all these noises, you know, that got real controversial for some people, but I heard all these people crying and, and laughing and groaning and travail. And uh, I said, Lord, what is this? Because I'm laying on the floor, totally cognizant and uh, crystal clear. And I'm, I'm not expecting an answer, but I heard this. You've never learned to mourn over the lack of intimacy with the father. Now I'm going to show you the father's love. And it took me a couple of years to really figure that out, figure out what that meant. What he was saying in a nice way was you live like an orphan. You've asked Jesus into your heart. You've asked the Holy Spirit <laughs> into your life, but you've never experienced the spirit of adoption. And I'm going to show you what it means now to live as a son, a full grown, full orbed son of the living God on the earth, I'm going to teach you how to be a son. And that's, that's what captured me. Uh, it, that anointing came on me. I became contagious. Jesus started living in me. <laughs> and uh, he started teaching me what it meant to be a loved son on the earth. And uh, let, let the father's power and love come out. And it was really, it's really powerful and it's really contagious. That's amazing. That's that answer. Sir, so ever since that transformation, that revelation of, of your identity in Jesus being touched by these revivals, you've been equipping people ever since and yeah. even rolling in the prophetic. You and I have talked on the phone uh, about some things. Again, you caught my attention because I follow you on, on social media and you caught my attention with a word about disruption. So could you give a little bit of backstory on the role of the prophetic, how it flows through you, but then talk about what he's revealed to you about this disruption. In 1994, I started uh, opening up to the Father's love. And right away, I started having encounters with visions, prophetic dreams, night visions, transportations, translations. And one of the things that started happening, but 
was slower for me to understand and grow into was angelic visitations. And so that word that you're talking about where the word disruptions came out was an angelic visitation. Number of angels have been assigned to my life. It's totally biblical, uh, but they began to manifest in my life more and more clearer and clearer. And uh, angels of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and one of my angels, I, I call him prophecy. <laughs> and so when he comes into the room, I can feel him and uh, my body begins to vibrate. My head begins to go back and forth. I feel like falling down and I know that I'm having a presence encounter. And so I ask the Lord Jesus, Lord, why is this angel here? And then suddenly the eyes of my heart or my physical eyes will open and I'll be able to see things. And that's when the prophecy angel came. It was the first, it was the first Sunday of 2020, not 2021. It was the first Sunday of 2020 when an angel uh, and, uh, that I call prophecy uh, came into the room. We were having a Sunday morning service and stood next to me and he was very, very aggressive. And I said, Lord, why is this angel here? And uh, suddenly I was able to see the angel and he just swept his hand uh, across my face. And immediately I heard a voice, the voice of the Lord. And he said, disruptions are here now that are going to affect every culture on the earth. And I can't remember if he said earth or planet, but disruptions are here now that are gonna affect every culture. And I understood disruptions in the plural, a strong emphasis in the spirit on plural. In other words, disruption after disruption after disruption, many kinds of disruptions and uh, every culture. And from that, I understood not just the American culture, but the sports culture, entertainment culture, restaurant culture, church culture, every culture you can think of. And uh, so I knew it was going to happen time and time again in many different ways. So then while I was absorbing that, just before the weight of that hit me, then the angel went like this again with his hand across my face. And then I saw in vision, I saw groups of believers that were gathering authentic. And I, I knew, I discerned so clearly, these are authentic believers. Uh, most of them were small groups of believers. And I heard the voice say once again, uh, disruptions include the believers, but it was all positive. In other words, authentic believers are going to be gathering and they are going to be disrupted <laughs> by the glory of God. They're going to be disrupted by the presence of God. Blind eyes. I saw blind eyes opening. I saw the lame walking. I saw the dead being raised. Uh, I saw every kind of disruption to a normal gathering that you can think of. Can you imagine having a normal church gathering and all of a sudden blind eyes popping open and lame walking and that type of stuff, those types of disruptions. So much of the presence of God was in this vision, the visions of these disruptions that the people were experiencing the fear of the Lord. They weren't like, ah, it, it was like absolute awe, absolute wonder, absolute joy, absolute delight, absolute, oh, he's so big. Oh, can you believe that? Oh, did you see that? It was just like, oh, and uh, that is the fear of the Lord. And uh, that's what I saw coming. So it's clearly, uh, this was before COVID was in the news. This is before any, I had heard a single word. That's before anything that I know of ever hit the media. It was the very first Sunday in January of 2020. And uh, then I saw, began to see all these disruptions in our culture. And uh, I knew that was a sign to me that the second part of this, visitation, uh, the glory disruptions are coming too. So as clear as you can see the disruptions that have happened in every culture, 
you're about to see clearly disruptions in the church world, uh, disruptions of, of believers, uh, disruptions with, it's like, I call it a head-on collision with the glory of God. <laughs> it's like, eh, here it comes, <laughs> like, whoa. And, and I know, so I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I know that I know because I've lived through the COVID disruptions. And I also understood that there was gonna be a major disruption in the fall uh, of that same year, which I, which the Lord imprinted on my heart was political. And then, so that whole thing about Christians, you know, so many Christians thinking Trump was good or bad or whatever, but that whole election and the disruption of our electoral process and all that stuff was just another one of the disruptions. But overall, despite what is taking place, disruptions in sports, restaurants, you name it, every, every sphere of society, we need to be focused on the disruption of the glory of God. For me personally, I think that we're stepping out of a negative cycle and we're stepping into more of the presence and the favor and the glory of God. I think a lot of people are emerging from this last year, year and a half, hopefully shining brighter because of the presence of Jesus, but also better prepared for other disruptions that are coming. So it's almost like revival and again, disruptions. Okay. Like, and I, and I know you're using disruption in a negative connotation in one sense, but in the glory of God sense, that's an amazing, amazing terminology to use for the presence and the power of God and the identity that we need to walk through out of this in order to navigate crises and other things that are coming. Because I think we still have more shaking up to take place politically, economically, but as a Christian, we need to be shook up and without a doubt, know our identity in Jesus, know where we stand on things. How can Christians make sure that they won't reject the disruptions of God, but can and will reject the disruptions of the enemy? I do believe that there is the, the positive, the glory disruptions that I saw were so amazing in this vision encounter uh, that it almost, it, they were, it was so positive and powerful and wonderful that it made me almost forget. It took about two weeks before I could remember the first part of the encounter, the downside. <laughs> and that's how great it's going to be. But I do believe that people can miss their day of visitation. I do believe that, you know, at the Mount of Ascension where Jesus went up after the crucifixion, there were what probably about 500 people or so on the Mount. And by the time, and he told them, go and wait in Jerusalem for the, the Holy Spirit. Well, by the time the day of Pentecost came, it was a fraction. And so there is a preparation of the heart to be able to receive the next level or another level from the Lord. And there's all kinds of illustrations in scripture where people were having a hard time believing this. I call it things that are too good to be true. And so it is a disruption in the sense, if you like, I hear a lot of people saying, if we could just get back to normal, I don't think there is a normal anymore. I think that there's an acceleration of wickedness. I think there's an acceleration of evil. And I think there's an acceleration of the glory. And I don't think we're going back to normal. And so if you like normal church, if you like a normal walk with the Lord, uh, if you like normal services, not disrupted, you're probably going to be disappointed, going to kind of be awkward. It's going to kind of frustrate some people. And so there is a, a need to prepare. 
our hearts. One of the things that I do believe is that we need to be serious and renounce that one of the one of the things that the enemy has done has infiltrated the the culture in America and maybe even the culture of many Christians with a lukewarmness or satisfaction or low expectation, that type of thing. And so I think what's coming in the glory realm is a different realm for most of us. And it doesn't fit with the Christianity that we've come to know and be comfortable with. So I don't think we get to go back to normal. Uh, there might be a, a short period of time when we search for that. Uh, like last Sunday, I, I was totally disrupted. Now I'm, I'm preaching about I've been prophesying this and preparing our congregation for getting ready for glory disruptions and how do you do that? How do you posture yourself? And uh, still, I was uh, I was preaching and all of a sudden this angel came in the room and put this rod in my hand and it, it was vibrating. It was just like, like this, you know, I had to, like, what do I do with this? You know, and at the same time, joy hit the congregation. So there was a lot of laughter. And this is our first service, you know, it's supposed to be quiet. You know, you think your first service is quiet, and people are laughing and, and roaring with, with delight and that type of stuff. And, and it wasn't just because I looked funny. I said, man, I've got this rod here. I said, can anybody see it? Well, my daughter, who is one of our associate pastors, she saw it with her eyes wide open. And it was a shepherd's rod, a rod like Moses carried, ordinary looking. And then I began to prophesy. I said, man, the Lord would like to share his authority, give his authority all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me, Jesus said, now I'm giving it to you. Uh, you have authority to trample on scorpions and snakes and all the power of the enemy. And so like, the Lord would like to teach us how to handle this thing, but it was like vibrating so hard in my hand. It's like, oh, what do I do with this? So I stopped and I asked the Lord and uh, he said, share it, share it with the people. So I had them line up and they came by and I said, just grab the rod. He wants you to carry his authority out of this building. Well, as soon as people would touch this invisible rod, <laughs> invisible to them, people were staggering, falling. You know, most of our people were delighted with that. I'm not so sure about some of the visitors. That was a disruption. That's just, that's my example of disruptions. People were staggering out of the building. People were laying on the floor and vibrating with the power of God. I think there's so much of the presence of God coming that we don't have, most of us don't have a paradigm for it. And we now have ordinary people healing the sick and casting out demons. Well, that's a paradigm shift for them. So there is a preparation in renouncing a religious spirit because it wants to get on us. It's, it's in the culture, renouncing Jezebel and all of that seduction and authority issues and gossip and slander. And so getting rid of a lot of that stuff so that we can accommodate the glory realm. Michelle Lasky, co-founder of Fireborn Ministries, and recently many of you have been asking how you can partner with our ministry through giving. I want to share with you something God has laid on my heart over the last few years. I've had vivid dreams in which sex trafficking victims are rescued, rehabilitated, and they encountered Jesus. My husband Jared and I knew these leadings were from the Lord, but we didn't know what our part was in the solution until recently. Fireborn has just created a brand new partnership and we are raising funds to rescue victims of sex trafficking in Honduras and in the United States. If you would like to partner with us or give a donation of any amount, 100% of funds go straight to these life-changing endeavors. You can go to paypal.me forward slash 
Fireborn Ministries, and give directly toward rescuing sex trafficking victims. Or go to our website, firebornministries.com, and click on Give to see other worthy projects we are supporting. Thank you so much for praying for us and partnering with Fireborn Ministries. I love that. We we do need to get rid of all that and accommodate the glory realm. We've been through some massive shifts in my life. You know, I, I notice now a change of terminology about events before COVID or yeah. after COVID, BC or AC, or <laughs> even before 9-11 or after 9-11. These are two very big, significant shifts that have taken place in my life. And I think all of us can, can see that. So a lot of prophetic voices, I know you're aware of them. They said that 2020, we stepped into a new era, a whole new era. So Joel, with my last question, how can people listening posture themselves for what's coming in the disruption of God's glory that is here, but also is coming in full force? Yeah, I think it's now and not yet. And uh, it's coming. And I, I like what you just said. It's, it's coming and it's going to get stronger and stronger. I think you'd have to ask for hunger and thirst uh, for the Holy Spirit. I think you have to be willing to renounce the fear of man. I know when I first got really, really touched in 1994 uh, with the power of the Lord, one of the first things that happened to me was I had to get delivered from the, the fear of man. I mean, I, I'm talking a literal demonic deliverance. And uh, it was positive how it came. The line of Judah came uh, and, and uh, let me ride with him. And I felt what real power, real love, and real force felt like. And I remember some three very dark entities leaving my life. So I don't know what people's theology is about that. Was I demon possessed? I don't think so, but I was deeply oppressed and it was normal to me to be worried about what people think. That's going to be a biggie. So get rid of the fear of man, actually go through deliverance. There are deliverance courses that you can take. Most Christians don't think that they need it. They actually manifest when you suggest it to them, which proves that they need it. <laughs> but um, I would definitely, if I wanted to prepare, I would do what we tell all of our leaders to. I want you to go through breaking free, which is breaking off generational soul ties, breaking off the spirit of rejection, rebellion, all this type of stuff. Get rid of the strong men in your life. Uh, literally take the time and go through some deliverance and we can help people with that if they want. It's an actual course that they can take online and you're just, just checking things off, renouncing it. I break that off in Jesus name. Patterns that have been in the family line that have been normal, uh, divorce, suicide, depression, fear, arrogance, whatever, and just getting clean in the house, clean in the house so the glory of the Lord can, can fill us up. Healing of the heart is another big issue. You can be highly anointed, but if your heart isn't healed up, you're just making people miserable. You're anointed, but you're a mess. And so healing up of your heart issues, mother issues, father issues, uh, spirit of rejection. I'm not talking so much counseling. I'm talking about actually receiving the nurturing heart of God. And there's another, there's another class that we have that people can take online uh, that would help them with heart issues. So we call it the heart module, uh, generational iniquity patterns, stuff like that. So it's cleaning the house so that my body literally can be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Another thing that's going to happen is that the Lord is going to begin to bring discernment and uh, the gifts of discerning of spirits uh, to people so they can discern angels, they can discern demons, they can discern what's around them. And so there's some training that needs to take place in that area as well. So I hope I haven't bogged people down with this, but 
uh, really uh, cleaning house and inviting new levels, uh, being hungry. Biggest thing I would say is if you're hungry, the Lord will satisfy you. He said, there's a blessing for those who are hungry and thirsty. They will be satisfied. And it's not a satisfaction like, oh, I'm okay. It's satisfaction that comes from God teaching you about how to work with angels, how to prophesy, uh, how to heal the sick. There's a satisfaction that comes with the spiritual hunger. So I bless spiritual hunger. In fact, I stir it up in Jesus' name. I say, I speak to that river of God that's inside of you, and I say, come up, river. Come up, river of God. I agree with God. There are rivers of living water inside of you. Each one of you who are seeing this, there's a river of living water inside of you, and I speak to that river, and I say, come up. Come up to new levels now. I speak to hunger and thirst in Jesus' name. Come up. Come up now, and Jesus will satisfy you with himself. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much, Pastor Joel. And how can people get a hold of your trainings and your courses and more information about you? Uh, just visit our website. I wasn't trying to sell material because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get people ready. But Rivergate Tulsa, uh, Rivergate Tulsa, if you look that up, you'll find it. And then there's a whole section of classes that you can take online that are not head classes, but spirit and heart classes. And they're short, they're sharp but they are very, very effective. We've been using them for the last 10, 10, 11 years, and they really are helping people get ready for more of the glory of God. Awesome, Joel. Thank you so very much. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you on, and I want people to stir this up and pursue the glory of God. It is my heart, my desire, Joel, to put prophets, apostles, pastors, you name it, out there and their resources to prepare the bride of Christ for what is coming, and there is more glory. And actually, the glory of the latter house is greater than the former house in Amen. Jesus' name. Yeah. Hey guys, if you're watching this, please share this and also subscribe to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Google, the Charisma Podcast Network, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, Fireborn Ministries ministries.com and like us on Facebook and may you have your own adventures in the spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.